if there was one word that I could use to describe how I feel and what I see happening in America as it concerns the Trump rally turned into a violent riot where they stormed the U.S. Capitol building, leaving five people dead, including one police officer. If there was one word that I could use to describe that, it would be hypocrisy. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Today, we are breaking down the the, I can't even find a word for it. I don't want to say tragic because it's way beyond tragic, horrific events that we have witnessed over the past few days happen in America where a a Trump rally went terribly wrong and where a, a violent mob of gamers and characters from some cartoon show m- <laughs> broke through the police lines at the U.S. Capitol and broke into the U.S. Capitol building, causing the senators and Vice President Pence and congressmen and women to be evacuated as they were certifying the votes of the Electoral College to put President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris into office. Now, this is a horrific just just terrible, terrible, horrific event that has happened. And I have been consistent in condemning all of the violence that has happened last year following the George Floyd riots and the BLM riots that happened across America. I've been consistent in supporting those who are rightfully and peacefully protesting and condemning all violence, condemning all looting, condemning all acts of vandalism and destruction of property and and violence against one another. I've been consistent in condemning that, and I maintain my consistency in condemning the violence, the disregard for police orders, and, and assaulting police officers and breaking into the U.S. Capitol building on January 6th, which resulted an unarmed woman being shot, an unarmed woman being shot, a former Air Force member. She was unarmed and disobeying, illegally trying to break through a barriered door with armed police officers behind that door where they told her to stand down and she was shot and lost her life where a police officer, a Metro police department officer from D.C., he also lost his life through sustaining multiple injuries in the violent riots. And I absolutely condemn it. It is horrific. It should have never had happened. And those who broke the law, those who rioted and broke into the U.S. Capitol building, they should be arrested just as every looter And every person who broke the law over the past summer should have been arrested for breaking the law. So I maintain my consistency there. Within that consistency that I maintain, I find there a lot of 
just just so much hypocrisy, not only in people's responses, but in the actual event itself. I mean, I'm going to start off one by by criticizing what happened. It's like, wait a minute. I thought I thought for the last eight months, the Republican Party and those who sit on the right have been condemning violence. I thought for the last number of months we've been saying back the blue and respect the law and respect police officers. And all of a sudden we see these videos surfacing online from these riots where people are yelling in the face of police officers and calling them traitors. I mean, like, come on, guys. How how do you think you are any better than the people that you have been condemning? How are you any better than the people that you have been condemning for months saying, well, you should listen to the law. You shouldn't assault police officers. You, you, you know, we need to back the blue. I think that, you know, me as someone who sits on the right, um, I find just extremely frustrating. And is it extremely a sad day for conservatives and you know most conservatives every conservative that i am listening to are condemning and denouncing these violent actors as they do not represent what conservative people stand for just as okay so, so this is this listen to this just as earlier this summer I, I sat on this show and I recognized, okay, there are people in these Black Lives Matter riots who are standing up and, and, and protesting, not, not rioting, but they're protesting in the correct way. They're making their voice heard. They're standing up for what they believe against injustice. And the statistics show that over 90% of the riots last year were in fact peaceful and lawful and amazing. I am so glad that people are able to exercise their first amendment rights. That is a great thing. And I fully support any person who, who went to these protests and had a peaceful protest getting their voice heard. And we delineated, we delineated between those people who protest rightly, who followed the law, and the criminals and the vigilantes and the looters and the vandals and people who burned down billions of dollars in real estate and took dozens of lives, assaulted dozens, hundreds of police officers. One stat I read was over 700 police officers were assaulted over the, all the, the protests turned riots over the last year. Even, even Kamala Harris, she says, vice, now Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, she too, she, she said, you know what, I support, she said, I support those who are peacefully protesting and doing it the right way, but we utterly condemn violence. We utterly condemn attacking police officers. We utterly condemn the looting. Not all people on the left did that, but there are statements by Kamala Harris and by Joe Biden condemning the the violent riots over the summer that occurred. Now, can we maintain that same stance? Can we maintain that same stance when it comes to the events 
of last week? Can we look at that same thing and say, okay, well, there were maybe 100, some estimate 200,000 people that came to D.C. that week. 100,000, let's say. Be conservative. Of that 100,000, there were a, a few small actors who got involved. Now, also, we have to understand that last year, if you remember, even on this show, we talked about how there were people who are peacefully protesting, and then they were Antifa actors who infiltrated many BLM riots, and this was documented, this was spoken of, the people on the right and the left talked about how oh, not all the violence is coming from Black Lives Matters protesters or people who are really out there trying to be peaceful. And I mean, we saw we saw the footage, guys. We saw the footage time and time again of decent men and women protecting police officers who were cornered and were going to be beaten. A line, we saw powerful images of men locking arms and protecting stranded police officers. We know that there were... A, amazing good people in those crowds. We saw the images of people stopping people from committing acts of vandalism or acts of violence. We saw this over the summer. We know that there were hundreds of thousands, if not millions, millions of decent men and women out there protesting in the right way, getting their voice heard. And we also know that there were Antifa actors who were stirring up strife and trouble. Now, on the show, we said, okay, there's, there's both and. Both are existing at the same time, but we also recognize, we can also recognize, okay, well, there are some people who were out there who weren't Antifa, who were part of BLM, who were also inciting violence. I think we can, I think we can be mature enough and rational enough to see that all three can exist at one time. It's not either or. It's not everyone who went out in protest should get thrown in jail. No, it's people who broke the law. And it's not everyone who broke the law was Antifa. No, it's some, a probably very small percentage was Antifa. And then there was a larger percentage that was probably just, you know, bad actors who were jumping in and taking advantage of a situation. Okay, can we have the same rationality when it comes to this Trump rally turned into a riot and vandalism and violence resulting in many deaths? I mean, it's horrific. I am not in any way downplaying. I'm not in any way downplaying what happened. However, it's frustrating when there is not the same measure. I think that's what is deeply frustrating. It's like, can we use the same measure, because the measure that we judge by will be the measure that is judged to us. The thing that we measure up other people by, we will ultimately be measured by that very same thing. Here is an article from PolitiFact. Now, there was a, a, a Facebook post on July 25th, 2020. It says Black Lives Matter, quote unquote, injures a thousand police police officers, kills 36 people, and does eight billion dollars of damage. Now, PolitiFact is a, a fact checking whether this is true or not. 
they went through how many people were actually injured, and it's very hard to measure. They know that more than 700 law enforcement officers were injured during the nationwide protests over Floyd's death. And when they look at the number of people killed in early June, so remember the, the protests went well into July and August, but in early June, there was 19 people who were killed in these protests. But here's where it gets a little, they also go through the, the damage of how much damage was caused, but here's where it gets interesting. They say, it's difficult to flatly blame BLM. There is a Black Lives Matter national organization which says it has more than a dozen U.S. chapters along with countless numbers of individuals who support the organization. The New York Times reported in July 3rd, recent polls suggested about 15 to 26 million people in the United States have participated in demonstrations over the George Floyd death and others in recent weeks. Goes on. These figures would make the most recent protests the largest movement in the country's history, according to latest interviews with scholars and crowd-counting experts. There's also people who have participated in demonstrations, which have occurred in hundreds of cities, who may have no allegiance to Black Lives Matter, or even oppose it, and have rioted or committed other acts of violence, making it even more difficult to determine how a violent incident occurred. In short, it concludes, there isn't evidence to back the numbers in the claim or to blame Black Lives Matter, capital BLM, for each part of the claim. So what they're saying is, well, since BLM is an organization, we can't really say that BLM, the organization, caused this many deaths or $8 billion worth of property damage. And that was in early June, mind you. Remember, these riots went on. LA was shut down for weeks, weeks. Cities were under curfew for weeks because of these riots, not just the protests, because of the riots. There, were, there was over 10,600 protests, and with 7%, of those protests turning into violent riots, that means there was 742, approximately 742 violent riots surrounding this movement. Now, I think when I think we can all understand that when someone is saying, you know, in these BLM protests and riots, there is X amount of damage and X amount of life's loss. I think we understand in context, it doesn't actually mean that organization as a, a capital BLM incorporated, that organization went out and actually did all this, but it was in the movement this happened. Likewise, but but here, the fact checkers are saying, well, we can't say that this organization did it. Okay, that's what the fact checkers are saying because the fact checkers are admitting, well, there are other actors involved. There are people involved that probably are against BLM, but they're using it for their own selfish gain, whether it's to discredit the movement or because they just like to go out and have some good time looting Target. Can we not? Can we not see that maybe the same thing, probably the same thing is happening here? There's footage of from this last week of people 
stopping what they assume to be Antifa members or other members in the riot from breaking windows and trying to stop them from doing that. So there's evidence, there is some evidence at least, at least there is the likelihood that there were actors that were involved, whether they were Antifa or not. There were people who were involved that probably actually didn't vote for Trump, who probably weren't a part of MAGA, who aren't make America great again, you know, go Trump, woo, woo, woo. There's probably actors just as in the BLM protest turned riots. There are probably actors who mean ill to discredit what was happening in D.C. Now, I do not like when people then take that and run with it and say, well, see, you know, the, the Trump rally, Trump and the Republicans and the right, they weren't responsible for it. No way. It is clearly obvious that there were Trump supporters who were, are totally guilty and should go to jail. QAnon people who are totally breaking the law and should go to jail. Likewise, we shouldn't say, we shouldn't say that, well, BLM is totally excused because there's Antifa. We like it, it's a two it's a two-way street. We have to understand that all of this is a two-way street. So here's the the next point of of deep frustration that I hear is that well, you know, see these people are rioting and they have no reason to riot. They're they're it's an insurrection. They're trying to coup the government. Do you, do you not remember, do you not remember how for months we heard the, the quote by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that the riot is the language of the unheard? Here's Dr. Martin Luther King. A riot is the language of the unheard. Now, the thing with this quote, though, is that in some ways it's taken out of context. The people like to quote this middle part of his speech, but they forget to quote the beginning of his speech. So I will continue to condemn riots and continue to say to my brothers and sisters that this is not the way. Continue to affirm that there is another way. And I agree with that. There is another way. I agree with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, I condemn the violence. I condemn the riots on both sides. But if we're going to use the same measuring stick, wouldn't we take a couple steps back and say, hmm, these people must feel unheard. These people must, in some way, that would cause them to do this, they must feel unheard just as, for months, we were told, those on the conservative right were told concerning the riots that lasted for months across America that shut cities down. Well, these people are, are unheard, so we should stop and listen to them. When they, when they are burning down police stations, when they are setting up autonomous zones in Seattle and sieging uh, federal buildings for months on end, burning down buildings in Washington, D.C., we're told this is the language of the unheard. We need to, we need to stop and listen but when but here's where i get frustrated i get frustrated when the those who have been in a roundabout way excusing the violence 
of 2020 in America, excusing it by this quote, then turn around and condemn what has just happened as an act of terrorism, as a coup d'etat. Do we, do we not see the deep hypocrisy? The deep hypocrisy. Now they say, well, these people, these Trump-loving Republicans, they're MAGA, have been brainwashed by Trump's lies. And they have believed false information that the, the election was rigged and the election was stolen. And because of that, they have no right to be out there there is just an insurrection, and it's been incited by Trump. This is the argument that is being made. Well, the, the comparison I would like to give is which what happened with Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor, if you guys and girls remember, she was living with her, her drug-dealing boyfriend, was living with her. She had a warrant out with her name on the warrant for her arrest. There was a rental car that she let her boyfriend use where they found a dead body in the trunk of a rental car in her name. And the police came. They knocked on the door even though they had a no-knock warrant. The boyfriend begins shooting on the police. The police begin shooting through the window at the boyfriend. Brianna Taylor is in the hallway and she gets shot. Now, there is misinformation out there that would say that Brianna Taylor was sleeping in bed and got shot, but that is misinformation as well, just as there has not been significant evidence presented in a court of law to overturn the election into Trump's favor. There are people who don't like that, who decided to go out and, and protest turned riot, just as there are people who didn't like the legal outcome of the Breonna Taylor's case, where both cops were found not guilty. What is the difference between these two cases? What is the difference? There's, we have two groups of people who disliked the outcome, the legal outcome of a court case. Trump had a, a plenty of opportunities to present his evidence in a court of law. In red states, where, where the courts were run by Republican majority, with the Supreme Court, with a conservative majority. He had his opportunity. There was not enough evidence presented in a legal way in order to overturn the election into Trump's favor. There are some people out there who don't like that, who can't accept that, just as there are people out there who don't like the fact that the cops were found not guilty of reckless endangerment, of wanton endangerment in causing the death of Breonna Taylor. Both people took to the streets and both ended up in, in violence. And I condemn the violence of both and I support the freedom of speech and freedom of protest of both. But do, do we not see the deep hypocrisy when we say, well, there wasn't evidence and, and they're just being lied to and there's just violence being incited by President Donald Trump. And that is what the media is saying. That is what the politicians are saying, that 
Trump is staging a coup, that it was an insurrection, that Trump incited this insurrection, incited this violence. Well, let's listen to what Trump actually said that apparently is getting him into a lot of trouble. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. And to use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, we will stop the steal. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Our country. Our country has been under siege for a long time. So, so here it is. In this speech, you can see that there is a lot of mixed messaging. He is, the, the pot's already boiling. It's already for months that there's been this narrative that's being pushed that the, the Democrats, that Biden stole the election, that there is massive voter fraud, that this would all be overturned in the court of law. There is not evidence produced, and therefore the court of law worked and the election was upheld. So now here, here he is, and the pot's already boiling. He is just adding more fuel to the fire by saying, you know, we're going to go back and we're going to demand, you know, we're going to stop the steal. We're going to make sure that the, the, the Republicans stand up for, for us and what is right. So I can see the argument there of how he's egging the crowd on. But we also heard him say, you know, as you march over and you peacefully protest as good patriots, peacefully we also heard him say that. So we cannot, we cannot say that he incited the violence. There was never a call for violence there in that speech, which is what the, the media oligarchs and the big tech and the left is saying, that he was directly responsible for a call to violence. I can see how he added fuel to the fire, but he was not directly responsible. Now, in the same way, in 2016, President Obama, he was adding fuel to the fire around the same narrative of Black Lives Matter and that the cops are killing people. And it resulted in, it resulted in, there's so much narrative and inciting and adding fuel to the fire that cops are killing people on the street left and right that it resulted in a shooting in 2016 leaving five Dallas police officers dead where the Dallas police chief and the media was reporting well did Obama incite this violence should he be held responsible and many people myself included say no he didn't make a call for violence but he did raise the water temperature raise the water level 
and the pressure around these issues exacerbating it just like President Trump did. So can we have equal measures? Can we have equal measures? Or take this clip, for instance, with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting on it that I that right. I had that's right. for the first few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be. Everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. Now, this clip here is Kamala Harris commenting on the protests. As we've said before, she has openly condemned the violence and the looting and the vandalism. Okay. That is clear. Well, Trump has done the same thing and Trump did do the same thing. Even, even after the fact, after the, the incident at the riots, the violent act of rioting on the U.S. Capitol, even Trump, he also condemned the violence. Here's Trump. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. So here are, are both people have, have condemned the violence, and there's both, there's, there's kind of like, well, was Kamala Harris, was she egging people on or to, to do more rioting? Or was she just saying, no, we, we need to have more peaceful protests? And the argument stands that, well, she was talking about protests and there is no, nothing explicit to say that, well, she was actually, you know, saying that we need to have more rioting. But it could easily be taken out of context, just as Trump's statements could easily be taken out of context and say, see, look, Kamala Harris is encouraging us and saying, hey, we need to we need to go out there. We need to press on. We need to do it more. Well, do we need to get out on the streets and protest more or do we need to protest with more vigor and or violence? That's the question. Which one is it? Should should we say that Kamala Harris here is inciting violence? I don't think so. But there are many people who do think so. Again, we have double standards in measuring one side versus the other side. Here, here is a, a slew of clips that I found put together of, of instances where there is actual inciting of violence by the left against President Trump and his followers. Here it is. I don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. They go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this 
country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. Why? Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You, you would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. It seems like an awful lot of inciting of violence on the other side as well. It seems like both sides. There, I'm, I'm sure someone could pull up a, a slew of tracks saying where Trump or other right-winged people have said things that are inciting violence. My, my whole point here, my whole point and my only point that I am trying to make in, in this episode, in this show, is that there is a, a, a gross double standard that's going on on both sides. The fact that the, those who have been saying back the blue would stand in a cop's face and call them traitors and then assault and attack them. The fact that for, for, for weeks, months, the conservatives have been saying, you know, don't destroy property. And then all of a sudden they're, they're destroying property. It's, it, it is beyond conceivable, the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is, is just inconceivable for me. And then on top of that hypocrisy is the gaslighting that's going on where, where people say, well, this, this isn't the reality. This isn't true. That didn't really happen. And that's happening from my perspective by the left Essentially, we're, they're not saying, okay, there were some people who acted poorly, but they're calling for the entire, all 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump. They're calling them white supremacists. All 74 million people. You know, the majority of Cuban Americans voted for Trump. There was actually an increase in black voters for Trump. There's actually a decrease in white voters for Trump in this last election cycle. So are all those people white supremacists, Uncle Toms? Should all those people get thrown in gulags and re-education camps? Should all those people be purged? Right now, there, there's a purge in social media where any voice that contradicts the left that's been painted as someone who's inciting violence is getting shut down. Well, is, are those people from this cliff Nancy Pelosi, Chris Cuomo from CNN, are, are they getting blacklisted from big tech media because they've incited violence in the past, which has resulted in BLM riots that have spread across America with over $8 billion of damage, probably far more. Buildings burnt down, lives destroyed, businesses destroyed, cities shut down for weeks. Are they also going to be measured by the same measuring rod? that all the bad actors and those associated with those bad actors from this past week are being condemned with? No, that's what's frustrating. I have no problem. I have no problem condemning those who are breaking the law. But we must, we must maintain a sense of rationality in the way that we, we approach people, not as groups, but as individuals. 
not as full groups. We, we can't paint all of those 26 million people who went out to a BLM riot or protest turned riot over the summer as the same as those who broke the law. We can't group them all in together. Likewise, we can't say that all 100,000 people who went to D.C. this past week are all sudden terrorists and should be on a no-fly list. There has to be some sort of congruency and level of thought in our culture, not just American culture, but worldwide culture, if we are going to maintain our sense of decency and humanity with one another. And that is what needs to happen in this hour of history. Don't go away. We're going to be right back with a incredible quote for our Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, the part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our modern day lives so that we can weave our destiny and own our future. Our quote today is by Alexander Solonitsyn, who wrote the Gulag Archipelago, and uh, he was in the USSR and was in concentration camps, gulags, re-education camps, and just the, the things he witnessed, the the things he thought about, the the language that he articulated, it's so appropriate. The warning signs that he gave us are so appropriate for today. He pens this. Over half a century ago, while I was still a child, I recall hearing a number of old people offer the following explanation for the great disasters that had befallen Russia. Men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. Since then, I have spent well nigh 50 years working on the history of our revolution. In the process, I have read hundreds of books, collected hundreds of personal testimonies, and have already contributed eight volumes of my own towards the effort of clearing away the rubble left by that upheaval. But if I were asked today to formulate as concisely as possible the main cause of the ruinous revolution that swallowed up some 60 million of our people, I could not put it more accurately than to repeat, men have forgotten God, and that's why all this has happened. Men have forgotten God. And that is why all this has happened. It is, is when we lose our moral bearings, when we lose the moral fabric of a society and culture, when we lose the absolute stake in the ground, that the plumb line, the, the raw, the measuring rod that says, this is how we measure morality and justice in our land. When that is lost by a society at large, on both sides of the aisle, clearly, clearly on both sides of the aisle. When that is lost, a people, a nation, a culture is also lost. Why? Because there's nothing that we can point to. There's nothing that we can point to to say that this is right and this is wrong. All of a sudden it becomes our ideological 
backgrounds and beliefs and goals that are, are driving our morality. The ends justify the means. And so we start moving goalposts and reframing and using slippery language to make sure that we end up on the right side of history. So make sure, sure that we end up winning the battles and the wars and the, the, the war for the mind of a generation. We start moving the boundary lines just a little bit and then just a little bit more and just a little bit more. And we see it on both sides. We see it on both sides. The solution to the problem at hand in America is it's not gulags. It's not the left censoring everyone on the right. It's not the right rising up with, with power and, and fighting for its own. It's not a, a, a new party. It is coming back to our moral fabric that has been lost. We talked about this uh, on the episode, talking about what has happened between 1960 and 2020 in America. In 1960, 3%, only 3% of kids were born to unwed parents. Now it's over 40% in 2020. Over 40% of children in America are born out of wedlock. Now, there's a redefinition saying, well, you know, the fact that you're even saying that shows that you, that you are just propagating a, a, a Western patriarchal view of, of marriage between one man and one woman. And that's a, a racist, bigoted idea. But ladies and gentlemen, that is one of the biggest drivers. And we, we, uh, next week, we're having an episode come out talking about just that, how the destruction of the family unit is driving so much of what we are seeing right now across America and the globe. And that destruction of the family unit, it boils back down to the loss of a moral fabric where good is good and evil is evil. But when we have flipped those on its head, when good becomes evil and evil becomes good, there is no hope but to, to return to return to a moral framework where we remember that we are created by God and we cannot create our own morality in our own image. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I hope this was helpful. And more so, I hope that you take a moment and find someone that doesn't think like you, that find someone that doesn't act like you or talk like you, who disagrees with you, and build a friendship with them. Just, just build a friendship with them. Because you're not crazy, and they're not crazy. And we can find a middle ground, and we can throw off hypocrisy, and we can come together, not just as an American society, which is deeply, deeply struggling right now, but as a global society. Remember, you are a truth seeker who goes out and, and uncovers your purpose so that you can own your future and the future of your children and your children's children. 